glad, Stephen. Good to be back to the Midweek Podcast. It is. Yeah, we're trying a little bit of a different format. We are in our homes doing this. So if you hear a kid come in screaming, uh, that's my fault. Sort of. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, that's probably your wife, right? <laughs> yeah. Help. Yeah. Hey, we can all relate to these times for yeah. sure. It's it, but there's a lot of sweetness to this and uh, a lot of uh, adjusting and uh, shifting things around a little bit. And that's that's really been a lot of what we've been trying to deal with on our services, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we we've definitely you know we've had four Sundays under our belt doing things a little bit uh, differently and. Um, I think the Lord has been faithful through all of that. Um, a little bit later, speaking of the Lord's faithfulness, we'll get to hear from Ralph and Theta Busby. Um, they have just an f- amazing story and are a blessing to our church. And so we'll get to hear uh, from them a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, I'm talking about a model of faithfulness in all seasons. Uh, so excited to hear from that. You know, this this past Sunday, Stephen, we only had one one next step. Yeah. I haven't done my testimony yet, so I'm I'm behind the curve. So I'm I'm hoping today that was not passive aggressive shaming. <laughs> don't don't worry. Uh, the pause was just your conscience. That's yeah. all that was. That was well, yeah. Well, uh, uh, only kidding, of course. Well, yeah. on the uh, in our handout that we had, uh, the next steps discussion questions, uh, we had two extra pages that dealt with just walking through your testimony and. And that got posted to Facebook and, and, you know, we'll link that again to our week to week, uh, Holly, who does a wonderful job with that. Uh, she'll link that in there tomorrow on Wednesday that will come out. Uh, but I just figure maybe we'll take a few minutes and, and talk through, uh, the model of our testimony because our, our testimony, ultimately it's, it's not about us. It's about Christ who's risen. It's right. about Christ who's changed our life. This gospel message now, as we're proclaimers, uh, of, of the gospel message and, and this unique season has provided us perhaps uh, one of the greatest opportunities to be able to have a listening audience, every person to have a listening audience, uh, to be able to tell uh, literally hundreds of people uh, about how the risen Christ is, has changed their life. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the sheet, there's there's three parts, and and uh, this is by no means novel to us. I know Roman Wally, our college pastor, does a, does a wonderful job using Ephesians chapter 2 and and believers for many years have used Ephesians uh, chapter two to walk through their testimony. That's really just in a nutshell, uh, their life before they repented and and believed on Christ. So when they became a Christian and 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 uh, or before they became a Christian, and part two, when when God began to soften me, when did you give your life to Christ? When did you respond to the gospel uh, in faith? And and then the third part is, what's my life been since coming to know the love of Christ? And, and what's that look like to, to be living anew by the Spirit? How's the Lord been working in my life? And so on that handout that we have, uh, and it's been so neat to be able to see church members already recording their testimonies and, and tagging mm-hmm. those things. And there's you know a couple of those hashtags that you can put in, GBC NAC, He is Risen. Uh, then there's believers all over the, the country and, and the world that are recording their testimonies as well this week uh, with Jesus changed my life that you can click on and, and hear how the risen Christ is, uh, has, and is, uh, saving people, uh, yeah. everywhere. Uh, but in our handout, the three parts, we've got questions that are put in there that can help us think through our, our testimony. Again, this isn't novel to us. These are just helpful discussion questions to, to be able to articulate your testimony in, in, in four or under minutes. So, uh, Stephen, you want to walk us through those Part sure, yeah. one, those first few questions. Yeah, part one, my life before I repented and believed on Christ. So first, you know, these three questions are, what What was my life about? Um, what things were most important to me in life? 
and from what or who did I gain my identity, purpose, or worth? And these are just great questions to reflect on anyway. I mean, like this is one of the blessings of being able to formulate your story is you actually get to reflect and and remember where you've come from, where you are now, where you're going in Christ. So that's. Yeah. And then right beside those is a little, just a spot that says illustration. If there's a story that you'd like to share that captures a lot of those, you know, you won't have time to be able to go into depth on each of those questions, but if people want to talk to you more about that, you encourage them, Hey, I'd love to talk to you more about, about Jesus who's risen. Uh, you're ready to articulate those, those questions in more depth. So you might just choose one or two of those or an illustration that summarizes uh, one of those that comes to mind. I'm glad you clarified. Uh, I thought two. that, I thought that was a, a space for drawing pictures. Hey, well, that is as well. If, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely an option for you. Yeah. So the next section, part two, when God began softening me and gave me life. Um, man, I think this first section right here is the most important. Uh, summarize the gospel message. We want to make sure that no matter what we're communicating, like you said, it's about Christ, not about us. We want to make sure we're communicating the gospel uh, in this time. Um, and then how did my mind begin to change regarding uh, the gospel message? When did um, when did I respond to the gospel message by repentance from sin and pride and belief in Jesus for forgiveness and a relationship with him? Uh, and then lastly, who or what did God use to help me grasp and receive the gospel message? Uh, again, just great questions for self-reflection. I, I'm getting fired up just thinking about these questions right now. Yeah. And then other believers are able to listen, you know, that fourth one, who or what did God use to help me grasp and receive the gospel message. Uh, it is incredible to hear how the Lord has used sickness in people's life, illness, mm-hmm. uh, or friends, faithful believers, or grandparents who have been praying them for them for years. Yeah, uh, Notes that were written that were kind of put away somewhere, and then they stumbled across them later on that God used to get a hold of them. We never know just our the acts of faithfulness that we, uh, as we try to respond to the Spirit, how He's going to use that later in people's lives to, to bring Him, uh, uh, bring them to confess Christ. Yeah. And this third part, I think, is something that, that gets neglected sometimes and when we hear people share their testimonies. But it's, you know, what is what is God doing in your life right now? Um, uh, how 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 what does your life look like since um, knowing Christ and as you're living a life uh, for him by the spirit? So uh, so how has Christ changed or been changing part one? You know, the your life before Christ, how has it been changing that part of your testimony? What are some specific changes in your life? How did uh, how uh, did I used to understand church uh, compared to how you understand it now? Um, and then my life is not problem free, but how is it different now that I know Christ have uh, had the Spirit and His Word and adopted along with His people? Um, yeah, we're not perfect now, but we're constantly being conformed to the image of Christ. So it's encouraging to share that with other people. Yeah, that's that's the good news. Is that's that's being honest. We're uh, we have a a Savior who's faithful. We have forgiveness in Christ, adoption in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're in this world. We're still battling against temptation and flesh. Uh, but we have a mighty God who uh, we abide in Christ by. And that's uh, that's good news for everybody on this Holy Week. Yeah, it'll be encouragement, uh, an encouragement if uh, we will all commit to do that, uh, myself included. <laughs> and, uh, and it'll be a, a joy to be able to see what the Lord does through that effort. Yeah, and even if people don't, share that, don't post that, or they don't have social media to do so. I think it's so important, uh, and this is a part of our uh, our vision as a church, Word Worship Service family, that we're competent and confident to be able to share the gospel with other people. And so to write it down and to crystallize in your mind your, your four-minute testimony, 
Now that is a great tool in the kingdom of God that the Lord may use. All right, well, I have the blessing of sitting down with Ralph and Theta Busby uh, today. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here to talk with us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Um, how, how long have you guys uh, been at Grace Bible Church? 49 years. That is, that is much more than I was expecting. 40, 49 years. Wow. Um, are you guys from Nacogdoches? Um, Originally, or when? How did y'all end up at Grace? It's a long story. Theta was born and raised in Pennsylvania, near Harrisburg, and I was born and raised in Lake Charles, Louisiana, actually Moss Bluff, the home of the infamous Gloria Bay. <laughs> nice. And so, how did y'all end up here? We ended up uh, meeting at Dallas Bible College when we both went to school there. Um, we're married, and then. Uh, Ralph, go ahead and tell how you came. I came to SFA to finish my graduate degree in counseling, and then I stayed on and went to work and worked for 41 years. Great. So how did, um, so you guys are here at SFA, here at SFA, you're finishing up your your schooling. Um, How did that land you at Grace Bible Church? Well, we were uh, in Bible churches uh, all our life. I was raised in one. Thetis has a Mennonite background, but they uh, went into the Bible church movement in the uh, 50s and 60s. And uh, so this was the first place we looked. And Theta, I have to tell you about our first Sunday at Grace. Well, when we came to Grace, um, well, when we moved to Nacogdoches, we had our two sons were ages one and four. When we moved here, we were in our late 20s. And uh, we went to look for another Bible church. Of course, Grace was our only Bible church around, and we went there, and it was just the chapel at that time facing Mm -hmm. Reggae, just the small building there. And when we went up to the door, it was packed with people. People were standing outside, and we couldn't get in. And so uh, we, of course, didn't go in and, and went back home and tried some other churches and just didn't find anything that seemed to be a match for us. So we came back a few weeks later and tried grace again. And this time we had, we were able to get in the door. So <laughs> we went in and have been there ever since. That's awesome. Um, how have you, and this is a loaded question with 49 years of experience here at our, at our church. Uh, I'd love to ask just maybe some ways you've seen the Lord work over the years and, Maybe if you could describe the way you see God working today. Well, one of the things I'll I'll mention that we, uh, when we first came to Grace, there were very few young couples. The church was largely uh, older individuals. And uh, uh, we, when we came, uh, then the church had been praying that God would begin to send young couples to Grace and it was, wasn't too long after that, we began to see other couples starting to come. And uh, our boys at first didn't have any, there was no children's church. There was no activity for young people. And uh, gradually that began to develop through the years. Hmm. Theta, Theta participated in uh, vacation Bible school for 
<clears throat> probably 10 or 12 years and saw a, a movement of young children who just moved up through the, through the ages. And she also taught uh, Sunday school. And you'll have to tell them about one of your star pupils. Well, um, when I first came to Grace and started teaching Sunday school class, uh, one of my students that is still at Grace was Bailey McLean. He was uh, <laughs> he, he was he was one of my prize students. That's <laughs> good. Still is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you guys are, are have been leading a a small group, and I heard you know since I also lead a small group, we were at a small group meeting uh, recently, and you guys were talking about how long this group has been going on, and. Um, could you just kind of maybe describe your group and, and tell everyone how, how long your group has been meeting? And of course it's changed over the years, I'm sure, but, um, and just maybe some ways that, that, that the Lord has ministered to you, even as you've led a group uh, like that. Well, Pastor John Alder started small groups in 1973. And, uh, so we've either been in a small group or leading a small group every year since then, excepting for some difficult times in our life with <clears throat> physical illness and, and uh, that that sort of thing. But uh, uh, we have developed so many wonderful relationships. <clears throat> so, to give you an example, we just had a call this morning from one of our small group who is on the road <clears throat> and uh, asking some questions about the faith. And it's just a marvelous thing to be able to uh, do that at any time by telephone or in person in our small groups and they feel comfortable just talking about Jesus and what he means to them and and mm. what he means to us. And the groups have changed significantly over the years because uh, I'm trying to think, I think we only have one person still in our original, that was in our original group years ago, and that's Mike Chandler. Uh, everybody else has has been new to Grace uh, since then, so there, uh, it has definitely changed through the years, and a lot of people have moved. Uh, when you get our age, uh, they move to where uh, family members are, and then some, of course, are not living any longer. And uh, I thought, I wish I had kept a list of all the people we've had in small group through the years, because you tend to begin to forget some of those things and be nice to just know how many there really were but it's been a lot dozens and dozens probably yeah. hundreds yeah yeah it's uh, you know and it's such an amazing um form of ministry to be able to open up your home or just g give time to be able to um intentionally sit down and have meaningful discussions but also be a part of you know the highs and lows of life with people and um you know it's it's not as it's not as easy for that to happen in a the large church setting, but when you can kind of pare it down to smaller groups and be able to share more intimately the things that are going on in your life and to have people to walk alongside that with you. It's amazing to hear that you've probably had, you know, a hundred plus people, I'm sure to, to be able to be involved with uh, in that way and minister to and, and be ministered to by them as well. So, um, that is very true. The, so, so we're in a, in a unique season uh, as Christians, as people who live on this planet, <laughs> this is a, uh, a worldwide thing that's going on with the coronavirus. And, um, we're kind of in a different mode of, of ministry. Um, and so, you know, you, 
I know that you guys have been zooming or trying to to zoom and trying to do all those you know different things to keep in touch with your small group. Um, and so, kind of for our church right now, we're in this different mode of ministry. How would you uh, how would you encourage um, the church to persevere and um, to continue to pursue one another? Well, right now we are on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we have several in our group who have poor internet connections, and so it just hadn't been a feasible issue for us. So we've gone uh, other ways. We keep in contact daily, several times, several times a day, and particularly with prayer requests that are going on. I mean, just because the virus is a big issue, uh, it doesn't stop all the other life issues from right. firing. And there is plenty to pray about, but it's just incredible. We uh, uh, support one another in prayer all the time. And uh, uh, then um, we thought about uh, early on, because of the issue of fear and uncertainty, we contacted our group by email and asked them for their favorite verses about uh, the fear of God and uh, how God uh, supplies your needs. And we compiled those and sent them out by email. Theta did compile those and sent them out by email. And then later she put it on a nice card stock and sent it to everybody. We delivered some in town and mailed those out of town. And people were very appreciative of that. And uh, mm. that's uh, uh, reminders like uh, our one of our verses is uh, uh, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and that's been a verse of ours a favorite verse for many many years mm. and we are using texting uh, for our prayer requests we do use uh, email also but we get uh, when it's just an urgent prayer request that comes up we don't go necessarily through email we use the texting and uh, and the group is really, really good about responding and encouraging and praying for those. And we have some in our group that have told us that they pray every single day for the requests that are coming in hmm. through our small group. So it's a, it's, it's a very encouraging group, I think, to each other. I think everyone really feels encouraged. Through it. You know, Stephen, that, that, I'm not saying that this is, stems from that. But mm -hmm. it certainly moved along uh, two years ago, like say two and three years ago, we went through a book, Love One Another. And there are about uh, 25 of those. Uh, there are 30-something total in, in, the, in the New Testament. But we went through about 25 of those uh, uh, each week. And it took us two years to go through that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just amazing how encourage one another, love one another, be kind to one another. Uh, you just take each one of those. Well, we're seeing that demonstrated right now. Yeah, um, it, it's, you know, kind of you guys are sharing about using texts and sending verses and um, and those kind of things. It, I think it would be easy for for a lot of us, you know, in a time like this to 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 come up with. Um, or to, to maybe to withdraw or to check out a little bit because things aren't normal. Um, but it's encouraging to hear that you guys are utilizing whatever ways you can to continue to be an encouragement, uh, to stay connected, to pray for each other, to minister to one another, to love one another well. Um, and I think that's a good encouragement for our church as a whole. Um, 
And so, sorry, my kids are. Well, my kids. I, I'm reminded of uh, uh, the catastrophe in, in New York City in the 9/11, and uh, how the those first responders went to the problem. They didn't run yeah. away from it. Right. And I think it's not just an obligation; it's a privilege mm -hmm. for each other during a time of difficulty. Yeah, definitely. And we have been on the receiving end of mm -hmm. that ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when our son died at age 28 of mm -hmm. cancer, uh, not only did our immediate group minister to us, but other small groups. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the night we found out about our son, uh, one of the other small groups in town, I think was led by Jean Cagle at the time, their whole group mm -hmm. came and knocked at our door and came in and prayed with us. Mm -hmm. So, Praise God for that. You know, the small groups minister to each other. Also, yeah. other yeah. small groups. Yeah. Well, y'all, I appreciate you so much and thankful for the time to encourage our church. And um, thank you so much for the encouragement you are to me and to my family. Um, we love y'all dearly. And uh, we pray that uh, the Lord continues to use you and, and the rest of our church to minister to one another uh, during this time. We appreciate y'all. And we just want to say we're thankful for you too, Stephen, for you and for Megan and her teaching. And uh, Look forward to Easter Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. See y'all there. Well, this Sunday, we're going to continue through the book of John. Now we'll be in chapter six, beginning chapter six, verses one through 21. So, uh, Brent, would you take us through a little bit of what we can expect and how we should prepare? In John six, you get this scene where the masses are coming and following Jesus. He gets away with his disciples. He looks up and here come thousands. I mean, 15, 20,000. Imagine you're one of the 12 with Jesus. Mm -hmm. How excited would you be to see this scene? I mean, you would be so elated. Here he is. This is everything we hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. And yet as the, the feeding unfolds, it's clear that the masses that are coming to Jesus, even though they're approaching him, uh, they are coming to him to use him. Uh, they, uh, what's frightening about this text and what makes it, I think, an incredible Easter text is that they accurately put the dots together that this is the prophet like Moses. This is the Messiah. This is the king. Mm -hmm. And they've got that picture right, but what they don't understand is who the king is. And, and their response, they're thinking, we've identified the king. Let's capture him, take him back by force if we need to, put him in the throne, uh, and he'll do all these things for us. <laughs> and that is... And so Jesus evades them. And then we get the picture right after that in 16 through 21 of this massive windstorm that's taken place. And Jesus goes out to his disciples and he gives them uh, this statement that we're going to hang on on Sunday, which is, he says, it is I do not be afraid. Uh, and, and what's really neat is these men are in a windstorm and Jesus is the one that they are afraid of. Uh, they suddenly <laughs> mark the account and says, hey, it's a ghost. You know, they're, yeah. these men, it's not like they believed in ghosts, but they knew that men don't walk on water. You know, this is right. a miraculous, frightening thing. And yet Jesus comes to them and what they have to cling on to is, you know, the, the, the storm, the windstorm becomes just a, just a cliff note in this. 
Uh, what they cling to is Jesus. In humility, they turn and trust. They trust Jesus and his statement, it is I, do not be afraid. Hmm. Uh, that's a, a very timely message for us. Uh, the risen Christ, it is It is he. Uh, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great timely text, as scripture always is. Yeah. And then also, Stephen, I'm looking forward to uh, our time of singing this Sunday. Yeah, we're working. Tell about that? Yeah, we're we're working on some way. You know, it's Easter Sunday. This is a a Sunday when you know we maybe we've all wished we could be together and gather to sure. worship. But this is another you know just another example of uh, something you know that we might feel like we're missing out on. And so um, we we want to do all we can to make that feel just like it would on 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 Easter Sunday. So. While we can't get there 100, percent we're trying to do a, a couple things uh, creatively to um, maybe just do something a little special for for Easter with the with the music. Um, and um, you know, the good news is is that every single Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Every single Sunday when we go through this yeah. God Man Christ response, we remember that this is the truth. Um, every single Sunday at Grace Bible Church, we will remember the death and resurrection of Christ. Um, but it is it is the greatest news. And so we want to to celebrate well and uh, remember well what Christ has done for us. That's right. Can't wait, Stephen. It'll be a great Sunday. 